Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast, where we talk to inspirational business leaders in our community that inspire us to lead a life full of wisdom and build a business as worthy of our wildest dreams. I'm your host, Leo Chen. I'm a tech entrepreneur, real estate advisor, and investor located right here in sunny coastal Orange County, California. And the goal of this podcast is to expand your mind and share what's possible. All right, Mr. Luke Andrews, I am so excited to have you on today. Um, welcome to the Wisdom Cup podcast. Um, as all of you know, uh, we bring on amazing guests and uh, today's uh, guest is no exception. And um, I've been looking forward to this for quite a bit. Luke and I have known each other for some time, but uh, I'd love to dig into a lot of stuff that he's got going on and a lot of wisdom that he can share with us, uh, both in life and in business. Uh, I wanna go through a quick highlight for you guys. Um, uh, Luke is a real estate entrepreneur. He sells and he leads and he invests in real estate. And he's a best-selling author who has purchased 40 rental properties before turning 40 years old and has a passion for trying to change lives through real estate. And um, it's a it's a common theme for all of us in real estate, but I, I love to get his take on it, you know, as well as we talk more. Um, but first of all, I want to introduce to you, uh, Luke Andrews. And uh, Luke, tell us uh, all about yourself, some background and um, your, your family, your location, uh, which is important for us that are not necessarily in your area, your passions and your hobbies. Sure. Well, you know, first I want to say thank you so much for having me. I am excited. I have been looking forward to this for a long time too. So it, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, a ton of respect for you, Leo. We've gotten to know each other over the last several years and I just, I'm such a fan of what you're doing. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, but as you said, I'm, I'm Luke Andrews. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so I, I, I do real estate. I, I'm an agent. Uh, I do lead. I do invest. Uh, and that takes up a big chunk of my time. It doesn't leave a lot of time for additional hobbies. Um, but I am a dad to, uh, to two boys who are 13 and 10, who are very active in sports and activities. And I try to coach in as, and lead as much as I can for them as well. Um, so if I'm not out in the real estate space, uh, working with clients or any of my agents, I am definitely on a football field or a basketball court or something like that uh, with with one of my boys. So, yeah, you know, uh, there's nothing like sports to 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 teach youngsters to grow, um, to have structure, to have discipline, to have goals in life, to meet the goals in life. And um, I uh, appreciate you know all the dads you know out there. Uh, I am not a dad myself, uh, but I know literally every single one of my clients all go through the same thing and um, sports is a, is a big deal. Well, and I think you're exactly right in terms of, you know, the, the lessons that, that can be translated from, you know, sports or really any activities. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be sports, but when you've got different activities where you've got other people depending on you, there are so many life lessons that I've brought from, you know, a, a club that I was a part of growing up or a play that I was in or the many sports teams that I was on, a lot of what I've learned in business and a lot of my success in life comes from that. And my kids right now, they are both, they're both actually out of their current seasons because they both broke the same bone, both broke their left collarbone within eight days of each other during preseason. Um, 
But these were great opportunities. Both of them have, have been to every single practice, every single game out there cheering on their team and learning to, to serve their teammates in different capacities, um, even though they, they knew they had, they had no, no chance of ever playing or stepping on a field this season. Um, so these are great opportunities to learn that, you know, we don't have to be on the front lines to be able to make an impact. And those lessons, like I said, they, they go so far, you know, out, outside of the sports field or outside of school that they, they, they carry you through life. Yeah. And, and those lessons, they stay with you, you know, your whole life and um, with some, uh, unfortunately for the, you know, the broken bones, but um, with adversity comes, you know, you, you come back, you know, stronger, you learn not to take things for granted. And um, those are amazing, you know, opportunities that, uh, that, that for some people may never, never have come and they don't know what it's like to, you know, go through some hardship and having to have patience and, wait for their bodies to heal and and um and then to to your point to be able to cheer other people on and be you know their biggest fans and things like that knowing that uh when they're out on the field they have somebody to support them as well yeah 100 percent. yeah awesome uh that's a big part of your life but um aside from that you know uh we're all in real estate so uh real estate is uh, a constantly ever evolving, you know, moving, you know, monster, if you will, uh, that we're always uh, on top of. And uh, we were just talking, uh, you know, just before we came on here about, you know, agents who are part-time, um, but that don't have both their feet fully in real estate, and they really can't get the full entire scope, you know, of the market and be mm -hmm. able to give their whole entire heart, you know, to, to the craft. And, and really, it really, it, it is a craft. And I know there's a lot of technologies out there, trying to, you know, shortcut stuff, trying to, you know, sell homes and things like that. But it really is an art that can't be, can't be replaced. Uh, talk, talk a little bit more about, uh, about that for you, uh, you know, in real estate in general and how, how you got here in your business. Sure. So actually for me, I have a, I have a unique path in, into real estate. So I was in, I was in the corporate world. I was in strategic marketing and data analytics for a fortune 100 company. So I, I ran a marketing and advertising department and I was commuting back and forth from downtown to the suburbs every day. And my wife was actually an agent. And one day she said, Hey, you know, you're driving, you're driving home past all these places and she said, if you were licensed, you could just stop on your way home and, and show the houses and she wouldn't have to go out during rush hour. Um, and so it, it kind of started as a little bit of a joke, but, um, you know, it was something that I was very interested in. I was just starting to get into real estate investing and thought it was kind of that, that symbiotic relationship. And so I, I went and got my license and just had just every intention of just showing a couple of houses here and there, helping her out with a couple of things on the backside, but really using it uh, for the investment piece. And man, I fell in love immediately. Um, it was just, it, it scratched this entrepreneurial itch that I didn't even know that I had. And so almost immediately, we started putting plans together of how can I do more of this? How can I do this full time? How can I transition out of my, my cushy corporate uh, six-figure job with bonuses and benefits and 401ks and everything else? How can I transition out of that? and into this entrepreneurial unknown and do that full time. And so we sat down and we, we put together a plan and we had a 24 month transition plan 
Um, and then a separate 24 month transition of once I actually got in there um, of what we would do from a, you know, obviously it takes a little time to, to build up your income. Um, but so really it was, it was a 48 month plan that we got knocked out in about 32 months. Well, I, I'm all, I'm so fascinated by how people get into real estate. Um, you and I have some parallel paths because I, I worked in tech for many, many years, as some of the audience out there uh, know. And uh, we all kind of start out as nerds <laughs> a bit. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and, you know, for me, uh, you know, it was just my mom was a real estate agent for, you know, over 35 years. And uh, just in uh, by accident, I was helping her, you know, with her computer and stuff like that, as we do as, as sons or as fathers. <laughs> and, um, and she said, Oh, you should go get your, you know, real estate license. And I hadn't really thought of it. And I don't know about you, but my, my mother, she had never shared with us how real estate actually works or comes to us to say, Hey, we did this. We did that. I sold this, this client was this, like, she never talked to us about any of that stuff. So I had no idea. And I thought, well, you know what? Uh, I'm kind of in between things right now. I'm not super busy. Well, I'll just go get the license. Like what's the big deal. And as I started to, you know, dive into it, I realized the same thing. Wow. This is, you know, amazing. Like we can learn how to buy and sell real estate. And I really would love to be able to, you know, invest in real estate, you know, myself and be an investor and, and, and grow wealth, you know, uh, more in the entrepreneur spirit. And so, uh, so I think those, those things have a lot of parallels, you know, what, with what you went through. And so uh, maybe, I hadn't known that before. And maybe that's why, you know, you and I get along so well and just, yeah. this, you know, um, you know, kind of meet, uh, I, meeting, meeting eye to eye kind of a thing. Absolutely. It's been, like I said, it's been a phenomenal transition and it was just, it was one of those things that I, I didn't even realize what I was missing until I got in and, and got my, got my hands dirty a little bit with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being a, being an investor is, is one of the best best ways to be a real estate agent because you got to be savvy you got to know what the deals are we got you got to know where the pockets are you know where to find the right deals where you can you know uh, make good money from and 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 i don't know about you but every single day we have clients coming to us and say hey we just we what do you want we just want the best deal we just want the best deal and and without that experience personally it's very hard to to, to guide them we, we may need a third person who's can tell us like oh you know what's a good neighborhood for what they're looking for and, you know, things like that in order to get the best deal possible. So um, with that, I, I'd like to, for you to tell the audience, cause not all of us are from where you're from, which is uh, Louisville, Kentucky area. Uh, tell us about the, uh, you know, the city, the neighborhoods, um, the demographics, you know, all, all those things. If, if anybody out there who may be interested in moving there, if they, they're not familiar with Louisville. Sure. So it's a great, great town. It sits right on the river, right on the right on the border of, of Indiana. So we have some people that will commute back and forth uh, across the river. It's a it's a phenomenal hub city. There's a lot of interstates that run right through here, actually really centrally located. I mean, we're about an hour and 10 minutes from Cincinnati, uh, two hours from Indianapolis, three hours from Nashville, four hours from St. Louis. Uh, we can be downtown Chicago in five hours or up to Pittsburgh in about five hours. I mean, it's everything is is very, very close and convenient for us. A lot of industry in, in our town as well. Um, so we have two large Ford uh, manufacturing plants. 
Um, and then there's there's a lot of sub industry that goes along with that uh, with that manufacturing as well. Uh, you know, they just they just started. They broke ground on a new plant that's going to create the electric batteries for some of the Ford electric vehicles. Um, so there's a a lot of very good high paying jobs there, but UPS's largest air hub in the country is also here. Um, and then we've got a large Fortune 100 insurance company, uh, health insurance, Humana is based here as well. Um, so there's there's a lot of different industry. There's a lot of varying from, you know, good solid blue collar work with UPS, Amazon, some of the Ford, and then up into the, to the white collar with some tech companies, insurance companies, and then even the executives for the, uh, UPS and Ford as well. Yeah, um, I, I know only two things about Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby, mm -hmm. right? And um, baseball, right? Yeah, Louisville Slugger. Yeah, yeah, big, big baseball uh, town, right? And and so, um, you know, uh, aside from that, what are, what are some of the reasons uh, people may want to, you know, move to Louisville? You know, it, uh, cost of living is very, very low here. Um, so, you know, average price point right now is about $250,000. Um, and so, which I, I'm sure, you know, I, I know your market $250,000 isn't going to get you very far there. Um, but $250,000 is our is our average price point here, which means that it's, it's great for home buyers, but there's also some good opportunities for investors as well. Um, because of the the nature of the industry that we have here in town, plus some of the colleges and universities as well, there's a lot of renters and a lot of people looking for homes. And so there's, it, it's a, it, it's a great market. And that's, and a, that's a big part of why I was so interested in real estate investing because the returns were, were so good. Um, you know, three years ago, you could spend $85,000 on a house and pick up something that was turnkey and you could put a renter in there for 925, which is just, you know, insane yeah. and unheard of. And there were just tons and tons of those deals available. Um, you know, Louisville has attracted uh, a lot of investors in from out of town. And so it's driven the prices up a little bit. ROIs have started to come down, but we can, we can start to move out into some of the ancillary markets, you know, within 30, 30 to 60 minutes away. Um, which is kind of what I'm doing as an investor right now. I'm investing in a town that's, it's about an hour north of here. Um, where the returns are just just phenomenal. Uh, we bought a little triplex there for $50,000 that was fully rented with tenants about three years ago. We've put $75,000 into it, uh, recently ha had it appraised at $240,000. Um, you know, we've got almost $2,900 in rents coming through. Um, and that's that's a building that I've refinanced and pulled money out of enough to where I literally have nothing invested in it at this point. And it is just cash flowing like, like crazy. Um, and so there's a lot of those deals around here. And, you know, that's, that's a big niche of who I work with our, our investors specifically. Um, you know, it was, it was something that I was a little nervous about when I first got started because I, my thought was as investors come to me and they realize that I'm an investor as well, they're not going to work, want to work with me as an agent because they're going to see me as competition. Mm -hmm. um, and what I realized is I can't buy everything. I can't buy every good deal that comes along. And yes, the very best deals that I find, I'm going to come through and purchase. But that second tier that's there, that's still better than the average consumer is going to be able to find. 
I'm there tossing out to my closest investor clients. Um, and these investors actually appreciate working with another investor because they know that I understand and can recognize what a good deal looks like. I can recognize and understand what cash flow looks like, um, how difficult it's going to be to put a tenant in there, what type of repairs it's going to need to be able to get rent ready. And they know that I have the contacts for trades and property managers and title companies and attorneys and all of those different things that are out there. Um, so, you know, that's that's one thing that I'm telling my agents right now is, is don't be afraid to be an investor and work with investors. Um, they're not going to see you as competition. They're actually going to view you as a more valuable resource throughout that process. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree with all of that stuff because, um, you know, uh, first of all, you're absolutely right about the price points because, you know, our ratios for purchase versus what we can get for rent, it just doesn't work out for cash flow for us, you know, mm -hmm. here in California. And um, a lot of a lot of my clients and investors like, hey, I want to, you know, do out of state. And what I always tell them, like, hey, it's totally good to do out of state. The numbers work out, but you're going to have to fulfill some of these um, other obligations you have as investor, meaning how will you service it? How will you get tenants in? Um, and how will you know if that's a good deal? How will you know if um, you know if that neighborhood is up and coming or not? And you know things like that, things that are on the ground, you know, uh, information that that you need. And so, uh, if uh, it sounds like you are open for people to either do joint venture with you or somebody who just can, you can just maybe wholesale off deals to them or be able to point them in the right directions and be able to. Uh, have them have an investment that can, you know, literally be as, as uh, as easily and well uh, well managed um, as you're doing it. You know, there on the ground. Absolutely, um, we are always welcome investors in from other parts of the country, and you know, I'm more than happy to to sit down and, and talk to anybody about just what the market looks like and what real estate investing looks like in general. That's that's fun for me. Like like you talked about earlier, we were all kind of you know nerds in a past life, and I, I'm still a nerd today. I mean, like I. I geek out on on talking about this stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We we geek out on looking at a home. I, well, you know, this roof is uh, probably on this last legs, but that's awesome because you know we can get a better price on it. And uh, check this out. You know, we never see open space like this. You know, so all those things like you pick out when you get to see hun literally hundreds of homes week by week, month by month, year by year. Like those are just you know the things that we pick up, and and those are the eyes that the investors need. You know they got the money. They want to put money in so that they can give money out. But they're 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 not necessarily want to spend you know months or years trying to research on certain properties or certain areas. So that's where you know you, somebody like you can come in. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, how how has um, Louisville changed uh, just in the last uh, you know few years with COVID? I know with most most cities it has grown. Um, housing is, uh, you know, tightening, meaning um, there's a lot less um, out there available inventory wise um, and things like that. And um, if you can just kind of give kind of a generalization about are, are people more people moving into town or people kind of moving out into more like the out, outer skirt area, like you were mentioning, like tell me a little bit what's going on there. Sure. So COVID in, in Louisville it probably affected us just like it did the majority of the country where um, prices kind of seemed to, to skyrocket a little bit. There just wasn't enough inventory to, to meet the demand that we had. Um, so we did start to see 
um, because so many businesses were doing virtual and work from home options, and many of them decided to to allow people to continue to work from home, even even as the city started started to open back up. Um, it, it did it did a couple of things. One, it it caused people to start looking in areas that they normally wouldn't have looked in. You know, we we call it sprawl here, where it's they're kind of moving out into some of the outskirts where things tend to be a little bit cheaper. You can get a nicer home with more land um, for the same amount that you you would pay in town. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be close to an office any longer. Um, but it also, with more and more people working from home, it caused them to look at the space that they have within their own home and say, okay, well, if I am going to be working from home more often, I need a more permanent solution for an office. I can't just do everything at the kitchen table or the dining room table or whatever it happens to be. You know, they they want an actual dedicated space. Um and so it caused them to go out and, and look for new homes, which again, that kind of helps drive, um, you know, drive, drive the prices up the, and the appreciation that we've seen. Yeah. So, so uh, COVID, uh, that, that sounds like a familiar theme for a, a lot of the areas in the country. And um, I think everybody was kind of scrambling and things were, you know, changing very quickly. But as of this year, you know, interest rates, you know, dictate everything in our market, <laughs> you know, in the real estate market overall. And so as it starts to uh, tick up, uh, we're, we're gone from less than 3% earlier in the year, all the way up to we're about the seven and a quarter, I think as of yesterday. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, that's a, it's a new high for us, you know, overall, you know, uh, in the nation. And so what are you seeing in the shifting market? What are your, um, uh, I'll, I'll put it in two, two, uh, two ways. What, what do you think people should do, and what, what are your some of your maybe your prediction? Just because you, you've got you know kind of a sixth sense of the market there. Sure. So when you ask my my opinion on what people should do, are you talking buyers in general or more of the agents that I work with and manage? Yeah, I think I think for the most part, uh, it's a, uh, it's um, the average consumer out there. Should they sure. sell? So that should they buy? I mean, that's the biggest questions I hear, you know, all day long is like, hey, we, we're not sure what we're going to do. What should we do? The interest rates are high. Here's our payments. Um, we get an idea. and we, we were looking at news and everything is, you know, red and like, you know, what should what should we do? And, um, you know, I think that's a very beneficial for people to understand, especially if they're thinking about, like you said, our average price here, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars easily, you know. And translate that to being able to sell here and buy, say, in Louisville for three hundred grand, even a, even a nicer home, you know, more than that, um, and have have some, you know, money left over for them to have a nest egg or whatever. Like, what should what should they do? What should they? What what are some of the options? So, what I'm what I'm going through with people, I mean you're always going to have a group of people that just absolutely need to move for some sort of life change. And then those that want to move because they're, they're looking for additional space, you know, the ones that need to move they're they're going to do it regardless, but those who are just, it, it's a, it's a like, a like to move, a want to move, a wish to move those kinds of things. Um, you, you know, we, we start trying to make predictions and say, okay, well maybe in the next a year or so rates could potentially come down to to say five and you know everything that 
I'm looking at and reading, it looks like rates may settle somewhere in the fives. They're probably not going back down to two or three um, or even close to four anytime soon. Um, but I also don't know that I see them continuing to climb to eight, nine, 10. Um, and so we, we look at, okay, if we go ahead and we secure a house now, knowing that we're, even with the in increased rates, we're still seeing appreciation in our market. Um, so things are still going to be more expensive a year from now than they are today. And if in 12 to 18 months, rates do continue to drop and they drop closer to five, it's just going to increase the activity, which is going to squeeze prices even further. Um, and so why not go ahead and lock in the price now? Because the price you can only lock in once. The rate you can change as the market fluctuates over time. Um, and so if you lock in a rate at seven now, and it's at seven, two years from now, you win, right? Because you've gotten the appreciation and you're locking at the same rate. If the rate goes to nine, you win because you locked in at seven. If the rate drops to five, you refinance. Um, also at a point where prices are continuing to appreciate and you may be in a better position um, and may be able to take advantage of an even better rate, um, you know, because you're your your ratios are are even better at that point. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily know that it's a bad time to buy. I understand why people are a little bit nervous about it. I understand that rates going up are causing people to not be able to afford quite as much as they would like. Uh, but what I can tell you, unless you're anticipating a large raise over the next 12 to 36 months, that prices are only going to continue to go up and it's only going to continue to get harder to buy. Um, so why not go ahead and lock in that price today? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're, you're, you're totally spot on. I mean, a lot of nervousness caused people to, uh, to freeze. And, um, but or in any market, in any, at any time in real estate, when you have to move somewhere for a job or you have to move somewhere for kids or your family or something had happened in the family where you may have to go take care of uh, elder ones or something like that, like those are have tos. And we always tell people like, well, uh, there's really only three things that how you decide. And number one is, you know, do you need to buy or sell your home? You know, number one, what do you, what do you want, want and need? I mean, it could be either. And number two, do you have the ability to do that? That's where kind of we can come in and assess that uh, ability and what it may look like. And then number three, do you want us to put together a plan and help you, you know, get to your goal? Um, and those are really the only three qualifying questions, you know, we have, because, you know, if you want it, like we have people that, you know, that can help you. Let's just see if uh, if it, we can come up with a doable plan and doable, you know, financial numbers for you. Um, so, uh, but, but you're absolutely right. Like a lot of people are saying doom and gloom and it's going to crash and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I, I personally don't see it myself as well. Um, when we get through this winter here or, or this, uh, this next quarter, uh, as soon as a, uh, January and February comes like, then it's time for people to start thinking about selling and moving buying homes again. And then that's when the price is going to kick up again. We actually are in this unique uh, time here uh, in this quarter, if you wanted to buy and you're able to find what you want and find a good deal, meaning something that may be uh, needing a little bit of fix up, you can get an amazing deal right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. There, there are deals to be had because the market is starting to slow down and soften. And that's why I'm seeing a lot of investors now starting to come out of the woodwork. They've been chomping at the bit for the last two to three years looking for something to buy, but they've had to stay off on the sidelines because prices have riven, risen so, so quickly. And so, but now they've got this, they've got this cash and they're ready to go. Um, and now is the time where they can come in and pounce because there's actually a little bit of room for them to be able to negotiate. Right. And so if it's good for the investors, it could be good for the consumers too, you know? Absolutely. Because they're looking for that deal, you know? And, you know, we, we want to buy a home. We need we need a bigger home, whatever the case, but we want a deal. Like it, it always ends with, we want a deal, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we just got to show them what a deal looks like. And so that so that it makes sense for them and be able to help them service it. Hey, it needs a new kitchen, needs new flooring, needs whatever. Hey, let we're not running away. We're not doing the sale and running away. We'll help you, you know, get connected with the right people so that uh, so that you can do that. I mean, I don't know about you guys over there, but so many people are so scared of doing renovations, you know, and yeah. um, we, we just want to be sure that they, they feel good about it. Absolutely. And yes, it can be a very scary thing right now with, you know, lack of materials and lack of trades. But actually, I've been talking to a couple of general contractors over the last two to three weeks who said that they now have subs and trades who are actually coming to them and saying, Hey, do you have any work? Um, you know, they, they hadn't seen that in two years. Um, but now it's, things are starting to slow down a little bit. Um, and so again, there, there are opportunities to be able to get people in to, to do these jobs. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I think both you and I wouldn't be saying the same thing about uh, six months or longer you know, in the past, you know, because yeah. there's just people just buying everything, everything they possibly can get their hands on. Even the crappy ones are being, being sold for high price. Right. right? Yeah. People, so, people just felt lucky to be able to find something that they could get under contract. Yeah. So the moral story here is like, Hey, this is a good opportunity right now. How long will this opportunity last? Who knows? But uh, as a, as we get into 2023 and things starts, uh, you know, moving again, people are out of the uh, holiday season. Uh, then uh, we would probably see another shift. Love it. Yeah. Um, Luke, uh, this has been super awesome and um, really, really uh, informative for, for people out there. And um, I love to, you know, give you a space here for you to talk about uh, what you got going on in your world uh, as far as uh, what you like people to know, how they can, you know, get some resources from you. I know you're a you know, author of many books. I, I lost count. How many books? Four? Uh, four. Yeah. So uh, actually book book number four just came out. Um, I I got word right before we came on that the it is it is live and, and ready to go. Awesome. Well, tell us about the books that you've written and um, and how people can uh, can uh, get to your resources and things like that. And of course, we'll put them in the show notes and put them in the comments here for social media as well. Sure. So, I mean, any, anybody that, that wants to reach out, you can always, you know, find you can find me on social media. I'm not as active probably as I should be on social, uh, but going to my website, lukeandrews.us, um, you can find links to my books. You can send me an email. I do answer all of my own emails. I don't have an assistant do that. Um, I love talking real estate at any given time. 
And, you know, I, I wrote a book a little over a year ago that uh, it was all about the mistakes that I made and that I see new investors making um, as they're starting to kind of get into that into that real estate investing space. Um, and it was something that I was I was going to self-publish on Amazon and try to do it as some additional revenue and income. But I came to the realization that if I'm genuinely passionate about the work that I'm doing, um, then I need to just put my money where my mouth is and just give it away for free. Um, so 100% for free. If you go to 10investormistakes.com, that's the number 1010investormistakes.com, um, you can download that book absolutely free. Um, and hopefully, Hopefully it's helpful and beneficial. I try to, you know, very, very vulnerable, very honest and try to walk through, hey, these are some of the things that people don't think about as they're moving into real estate investing and some of the things that they should be thinking about in um, some different, some different viewpoints there. Awesome. Well, I have a lot of uh, investor friends and clients uh, would love to get their hands on that. So if you guys are out there, you're listening, um, you know, get on that. It's 10 investmentmistakes.com, the number 10 investmentmistakes.com. And, um, you know, if you want a shortcut, you know, uh, to, you know, getting your, your deals, um, this is the best, no better, no best way to do that than, you know, to get the book, uh, take a look at it and uh, learn the lessons that, you know, may have taken years, you know, to build. Uh, so you don't have to do that because Lucas made it free. Uh, you can't get a better deal than that. <laughs> um, great. And uh, lastly, as we uh, always do on this show, um, Luke, you have a quote to share with the world. And I would love for you to share that and tell us what that means to you. Sure. Um, so this is something, you know, you and I have a have a shared mentor in Sharon Trivatsa, and this is something that he has said for years and years and years. I've known Sharon for probably seven years at this point, and this is probably the, the very first thing that I, I ever remember him saying, but it's your eyes only see and your ears only hear what you're looking for. Um, and it, it's just, it, it's been very, very impactful in my life and something that I, you know, I, I try to instill in my kids is, you know, I, I don't believe in luck. You know, I believe that I believe in hard work. I believe in habits and processes, but I also believe that the world is what the world is and it, your view of it, what you choose to hear and see becomes your reality at that point. Um, you know, and it was, it's just one of those things that I try to keep a positive outlook. I try to look for the silver lining and everything that's going on. And I am consistently just out there looking for, okay, this happened to happen. I, you know, this, this event happened to me. I can either take it as a positive or I can take it as a negative. And if I choose to take it as a positive, let's see what lessons can be learned and how I can move forward in a, in a positive way. But your eyes only see and your ears only hear what you're looking for. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing quote. Um, I, I think, you know, if we need to remind ourselves of that every day, we should. Um, and uh, we, it just, it just made, you know, as you were talking, it just made me appreciate, you know, how much to have uh, people like you around me, because the more that we're around the people that we, uh, that are doing amazing things, just like we want to do amazing things. And we get to see that and mirror each other and be able to do that. Um, it's not only, you know, what you see, what you hear, uh, what you say sometimes, you know, shows you what you're thinking about and what you, where your eyes are looking and that uh, the people you're around with. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm a very grateful to have you in my circle 
And uh, thank you so much for being on here. And uh, we will sign out from here. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Here we go. And we are off. Thanks, man. That was awesome. Hey, no, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It was a, it was a ton of fun. So yeah, I uh, uh, hope you don't mind. We uh, kind of deep dive in a couple little things, but um, I think it's super, super valuable. I love, love, I love talking about like other people's area. Yeah. I mean, this is uh it's a, it's a, it's a fun topic and you know, I've, I've done a lot of podcasts and they, when we just kind of get just conversational, we just kind of just talk through what's, what's going on. They, they tend to go so much better. So it was, it was a ton of fun. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I'll get all this stuff. I'll do some posting and tag your name and stuff on there. Um, but uh, anything that I can uh, help you with uh, at all? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, anything that you, anything you need from me, anything I can do for you? Okay. I appreciate it. And I, I can't wait for us to get together again the next time we have a mastermind. Um, and uh, hopefully yeah, you can make it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, uh, it, things just, it got, it got away from me with a, a few projects and coaching things for school. And it just, uh, but I, I can't, can't wait for the next one. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good right. one. We'll see you, brother. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you subscribe to receive notifications of all new episodes. And please give us a positive review. And if you want to hang out with us live, check out our YouTube channel where you can continue the conversations with me and our guests.